Welcome to the Parenting Well podcast with Parent Engagement Network. I'm Dr. Shelley Mann, your host, and today you're listening to Parenting Well, where we know that parenting well is challenging and that all parents are the best parents they know how to be. We firmly believe that the foundation for raising happy, healthy youth is for us as parents to fill our own well with useful, reliable, credible information, tools, and strategies. Having a well of resources leaves us more engaged, educated, and empowered to support our children in being strong, resourceful, confident, and resilient in the face of life's many challenges and adventures. So let's fill that well. Today's well source is Michelle Benio. Michelle is a certified grief recovery specialist, a parent coach, and the founder of Good Grief Parenting. After her six-year-old son died of cancer, her three-year-old daughter said, Mommy, half of me is gone. This heartbreaking statement focused Michelle's career as an early childhood parenting specialist on the impact of grief on young children, particularly after a child loss. Michelle equips parents and other caring adults to recognize young children's grief and to provide the support that children need to cope well with any loss. The desire of Michelle's heart is to see families live forward after loss toward a future bright with possibility and even joy. So welcome. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Shelley. I'm really happy to be here. I'm really excited for today's conversation. Um, Part of that is because I think that the conversation around grief and loss can be very heavy. And I think Mm -hmm. that people can sometimes struggle to embrace the conversation, um, even deal with the feelings that they're having or the feelings that someone that they love and care about might be having. So first and foremost, I just want to thank you for the work you do Mm -hmm. and just say that I, I really recognize that what you went through was really difficult and really challenging. And I admire your ability to look at that and say, I'm going to do something that supports and helps other people with it. So with all of that said, I am wondering if you can start by just sharing with us, what does it really mean to be a parent coach? And what does it mean to be a parent coach that deals with grief and loss? Thank you, Shelley. Yes, I, um, I was an early childhood parent educator before I was ever a parent coach. Um, I, it was actually about my third career. I became a mom in my mid thirties. I had had an education. I'd been an educator. I'd been a professional communications professional. And um, when I had my son, I thought, oh, now I want to be uh, I want to be back in education again as a parent educator, which is a role that every school district in my state of Minnesota has. And to me, it was perfect. Uh, you know, I was just so enthralled by being a mom and having this precious child and wanting to know everything about making his life the best it could be and what could be better than working with other families to do this. So that's what I was doing. Um, And I'd had my second child who was 15 months old. My son was four and a half when he was diagnosed with cancer. And I was going to work every day with families, facilitating conversations with parents about what's best for children and how to make the world good for children. So it was in that context that I went through this journey. And of course, I had not experienced 
any kind of loss comparable to this in my life, let alone the death of a child. He, he died after two and a half years. And of course, before that, we were on this journey of grief, of loss, of a normal, natural, happy childhood. And so um, I, when he died, I thought, okay, I'm in this area. I can find the resources that are out there. I came to the whole situation saying this is not okay for my daughter right now, especially after she actually said to me, mommy, half of me is gone. And I knew that that statement was true. I could not find any resources and I didn't feel I was equipped. I was better equipped than many, but I still didn't have this. And so that was actually 20 years ago. I have, um, become a certified life coach, not once, but twice. I've gotten my certification as a grief recovery specialist, but the heart of what I do is at that as is as that parent educator who started in the field of early childhood, just wanting to help parents make good things happen for children. And I focus now on the what is often called the worst loss, which is the loss of a child. And um, my experience with the things my daughter um, showed me in her experience is that there's this little sibling who's often overlooked because the parent is the one that everyone sees when a child dies, how awful it is for the parent. So that's how I come at this whole role of being a parent coach. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, I can relate with what you're sharing on a couple levels. I mm -hmm. actually have a son that is in his, his twenties now, but he was diagnosed with a lymphoma when he was seven mm -hmm. and he has, he's lived his life with that. On some level, I can relate to the, the fear um, and the need for the grasping for resources and mm -hmm. for help to deal with this situation. And also him having a younger sister how she experienced that whole thing differently, watching mm -hmm. it from the outside. So mm -hmm. what are a couple of things that you would say parents need to know right away when, when they have another child that is dealing with the death or even the sickness of another um, sibling? Yes, I would say, you know, that I focus on the death, but the grief definitely starts, as you know, because you've you experienced just the the upheaval in your family, the loss of dreams of a normal of what childhood should be like, and that that is uh, affects the, ch the sibling as well as the child themselves. And the thing that parents need to recognize is that the child is affected whether they say to you, mommy, half of me is gone or not. And the other thing my daughter um, shared with me early on that that made this really front and center for me was actually the first night that my son had to spend overnight in the hospital after he was diagnosed and his dad was there with him. And I was home with my 15 month old. And we had had this devastating thing happen that she had picked up on because, of course, you can feel this in the family. And um 
when they were gone that night, she started wandering upstairs and downstairs, and she was just wailing, making an inhuman sound. And I would go to, I was alarmed by it because I've never heard a human being sound that way, let alone my little 15 month old. And I'd go to comfort her and she'd throw herself on the floor and push me away. So I knew that very first night she is experiencing this too. And that affected how we went through the whole journey with her. Our first instinct as parents often is to try to protect the child from the, you know, the painful, unpleasant thing that's going on in the family. But what she showed me is she was experiencing it right along with us. And I knew enough to know that I didn't want to leave her out of it because that would be a really confusing um, fearful, insecure place for her to be. So parents need to know that as much as we want to protect our children, we can't because the family's going through it. So are they. And the best thing we can do for them is help them go through it and have the security of being a part of it and having an understanding of what it what it what's happening. The other thing I'd say to parents is um, whether a child looks like it or not, they are grieving. After my daughter said, mommy, half of me is gone. She didn't mope around and look sad and act sad. We can usually see an adult's grief, but we don't necessarily see a child's grief. And so a lot of times parents say, well, they look like they're doing okay. Don't be fooled by that. So those would be in answer to your question, you know, those are to know that kids are experiencing it and know that whether they look like it or not, they're grieving and they do need our support. They, they aren't helped by us trying to protect them from it. Mm. What you said makes so much sense to me, because when we talk about the other side of grief, the mm -hmm. polar opposite of being completely joyful, we always say oh, don't we wish we could have that childhood joyfulness again mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they experience everything so in the moment and fully, right? Mm -hmm. And grief is experienced the same way. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that's that I'm curious about is that you mentioned that parents are often the focus of the grief. And as a parent, I think you can get pretty wrapped up in what you're feeling and experiencing. And it can be difficult to be able to pull yourself out of that and say, how do I focus on my child? So what tips do you have for parents being able to process and deal with the grief you're experiencing and at the same time recognize that you need to pull away from that, let it go for a moment and be with your child and address it from the perspective that they're at? That is the toughest thing that we'll ever have to do as a parent. Parenting is the toughest job a parent ever has. Um, even under the best of circumstances, because there, you know, there are so many nuances and ins and outs to it, and we want to do it well, and we, no one tells us how. Then add to that the idea of grieving, which is another experience that no one teaches us how to do, and it's the hardest place to be. I want to just give a little bit different perspective of that, and that is, first of all, um, kind of two sides of a coin, which is taking care of yourself first 
is a really important piece of this because you can't help your child with their grief if you're not helping yourself with your grief. So self-care is so important, figuring out what you need, which may be at times to step away. And then you can do that simply by accepting and asking for the help of people around you. And that's okay. You don't always have to be the one that is supporting your family in the moment. So accept the help that's going to help you take care of yourself. And then the other side of that is that helping your child doesn't mean um, that you need to put aside your own grief. It means that you share it with your child and you and your child go through this together. Because as I said earlier, helping the child uh, experience, I mean, they're experiencing it, whether we share it with them or not. So being in it with them helps you because you don't have to, you know, stuff your feelings, put your feelings away and helps the child because they understand that what they're feeling is normal and natural. You're feeling it too. And they look at your modeling of taking care of yourself and recognize that that's how you uh, get through grief and you go through it together. Obviously, there are times when a parent is really beside themselves, really, really distraught. That may be sort of unsettling for your child to experience. And then I just go back to recognizing that you may need some support and that you it's okay and important that you get the professional help that you need. Um, but Grief in a family is a shared experience. And I think that understanding on a parent's part can make the whole journey so much, um, I don't want to say easier, but in a sense, um, easier to navigate. You don't need to keep your grief and your child's grief separate. You can navigate it together. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you try to keep it separate, children are the first one to see through anything, right? Absolutely. So yes. They're going to know anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what you're saying is wonderful in the sense that addressing any issue that you're dealing with your family within a family uh, from the family perspective is so important because mm -hmm. everyone's going to hear and process and take in all the different pieces of information and all the feelings in their own way. Mm -hmm. um, the question I have that comes up for me as I hear you talking is how do you do that in a way that's developmentally appropriate? Because there's things that I think are good and even wise to share with your children as you go through this experience together. And then there's things that I think could potentially harm the child more if you were to share that and being in your own place of grief might be the hardest time in your life when it's very hard to step away and say, how am I going to do this in the, in the most developmentally appropriate way? So what kind of mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. would you share with parents about how to do that? That's, that's really an important question because that's what parents fear. That's what they're afraid of. I think one reason we, we, don't we kind of get stymied um, trying to navigate grief in our families is because we're afraid of doing the wrong thing. So with children, one of the things that we do is often just kind of ignore it, not bring it up. We don't want to upset the child. And so grief becomes this elephant in the room. Instead, we can open up 
conversation in some really simple ways. Um, we can, first of all, one of the important things is we're giving our young children vocabulary words all the time. We talk about things all the time that they don't necessarily understand the concept of. And one of those things is death. So when a person dies, use the word died, tell them the person's body stopped working. They can't do the things they used to be able to do. They can't talk to you. They can't play with you. They can't eat. Um, and they, we're not going to be seeing them again. Let the child ask further questions. Be willing to say if they ask why questions, I don't know. Um, you can tell them we're we're going to be okay right now. We're very sad. This is really hard. We have all of these feelings that are hard. Um, you know, I'm feeling this way. Are you, how do you feel right now? Ask them to tell you what their experience is and just tune into it. Don't give them more than they ask for. And if you aren't, sometimes kids ask us a simple question and we think we know what they're thinking. So we give them this big bunch of information and they really weren't thinking that at all. So feel free if they ask you a question to say, why are you asking me that? What makes you think that? And they can say, well, you know, so-and-so said this and you can correct it or you can validate it. Just give your child space to have conversation, very simple conversation about what's happening in the family. As they grow older, and this is so important with young children, you know, with us as adults, we experience this loss as a full grown, fully developed, full with our resources and our coping skills, human being. And we're gonna, we just need to kind of get through the experience. For the child, it's not just the experience of in the moment, it's the experience of how they're going to uh, process this as they get uh, more cognitive awareness, as they develop and grow through all of these developmental stages and have different understandings about it. So they're going to come back to you with questions later years later when they're aware of this event in their lives in a different way. So um, just let them take the lead. And with a young child, uh, set the environment that says, you can ask me questions when you have them. I will be open and honest with you and know that everything you share with your child needs to be honest. None of these fluffy things that we like to say that um, that end up being misleading for a child because they're not completely honest. As I heard you describing this process, I thought about how this is so valuable with so many things that as our child is growing and developing, we are setting the stage for them to learn one, that you're a safe person to talk to, two, that when they come and talk to you, It'll be an open conversation and they'll be able to share what's real for them and that you can then um, practice, really have a, a stage for practicing those kind of conversations. And later on, those things might be the normal things that we go through. Like, how do you talk about boyfriends and girlfriends? How do you talk about 
choosing life careers, like all the way into their adulthood, you have these times when you're going to have conversations and they need to feel safe to come and talk to you about it. So it can yes. be a little bit of the uh, opportunity, I guess, in a sense. You're so right. And that's so important. Everything that I, that I give parents in good grief parenting, I could give to any parent. It's, you know, they, they may be more uh, open to it because they have this event in their lives that they feel like they need help with. But yes, you're so, so right. It's any situation that you want your child to be able to come to you with. And the two things, and and I'm sure this is what you help parents recognize are just having that honest connection with your child and then validating whatever their feelings are. Um, I can understand why you'd be thinking that, or I can understand why you'd be um, wondering that, or, um, you know, this makes me feel this way. It makes sense that it makes you feel that way. Just really helping to validate their reality, whatever it may be. Yes. We're talking a lot about what we should do with our children. Sometimes I don't like to use the word should. So what is, Mm -hmm. what is helpful to do with our children. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the things that comes to my mind is what should we not do with our children? What are some of the things that could really create a difficult situation? I think we worry so much about damaging our child and our relationship. I know I do. I, uh, my daughter's 25 now. And I often say to her, I wish I had had all the information I have now when you were three and a half, because I didn't have it then I've gained it over the years. And she always assures me, mom, you were the mom I needed. You did a good job, even though sometimes I still worry about it. I think, um, I think that the, the thing that we shouldn't do. And and I don't like to use should either, but I, I think there are things we are inclined to do as adults that I'd say avoid. And I've already said some of them, which is the tendency not to talk to kids to want to protect them. The other piece of that, that we so often do is try to make kids feel better. That is such a well-intentioned thing as a parent to say, I don't want my child to feel this way. So I'm just going to try to make them feel better. What we don't recognize is when we do that, it is just another way of, of showing a child that what they're feeling is the wrong feeling that um, it's not okay to, to feel that way. We just really want to make them feel better. They get two messages from us, which are not what we intend. And one is that the adult doesn't want to hear about the bad feeling. And second, that the adult doesn't think we should have the bad feeling that does such a disservice to kids that we never mean to do. And so I have a good grief guide, which is free to anyone who wants it at my website called goodgriefparenting.com. There's a button at the front and center on my website to get this. And I help you with some of the ways that we might handle a child's difficult feelings, particularly grief and sadness differently. And it might be to say, as I've already said, oh, I, I would feel that way too. If that happened, do you want to tell me about it? Do you want to, do you want to just sit with me instead of saying, 
oh, let's let's go make your favorite cookies. They always make you feel better. Or these things that we do, let the child have their feeling, name it, take a look at it with them and say, yes, that makes sense that you're feeling that way. Maybe share with them a time that you experiencing something similar. I offer a lot of suggestions for this in the Good Grief Guide. And so that's the thing. Usually the things that we might feel we do wrong as a parent, we do out of the best of intentions, and we don't understand the message that we're inadvertently giving our child. So, so that's, that's the thing that I would point to. And that's great. <clears throat> it's really important to recognize that hardship and difficulty and pain is a part of life. And the other side of that, we wouldn't recognize that the joy and the love and the the greatness of life we wouldn't recognize if we didn't understand the whole spectrum. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about what you're sharing and I'm thinking about kind of moving away from the child for a minute and getting back to that piece of the parent who has felt like they've lost a part of themselves. How does a parent find peace? And that's a big question. I understand that that's going to be different for everybody, but what are some things that a parent can do to accept, you know, the, the Kubler-Ross stages of grief and, and the denial and the acceptance and the moving forward? And in this situation, how does a parent get to a place where they are able to move through those stages and come to a place of peace? You know, first, I would say that uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross developed those stages for a person who had themselves been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Experiencing the death of someone else is something quite different. And uh, when I was grieving, people kept talking to me about those stages, and I wasn't doing them. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm doing grief wrong. Those really are not stages of grief, first of all. Um, So if you're a parent that kind of responded the way I did, like I have to be doing all of these and I'm not, what's wrong with me? Uh, Know that your grief is your own and you will experience it, it in your own way. You may not experience all of those things in Kubler-Ross's model. um, And you may you know, circle around in a lot of different feelings in a lot of different ways. And however you are doing it is okay. You have your own grief. No one else can tell you how you should do it. You also have your own time frame. People like to tell us, oh, your child's been dead a year and you're still, you haven't change their bedroom yet, or, you know, you're still talking about them so much. These are things that we know as a griever, we instinctually know what's best for us and remembering our loved one and keeping their memory alive in our, in our environment is totally normal and natural and healthy. Um, and our time frame is our own. So some of these things that people, uh, that may that people say to us or imply to us that make us second guess. First of all, I want you to be assured that that is all okay. The second piece, though, is recognizing that you have a choice. And 
as normal as grief is, the whole role of grief, which is why I call it good, is that we are to experience it, we are to allow ourselves to experience the pain and heartache of it. And it is how we heal. But time doesn't do it. People who say you'll heal in time, you're not going to heal in time if you don't choose to heal. And the term I use is live forward. So my whole program is to help families see you've had this devastating loss of dreams. You've had what many people call the worst loss. You cannot see how to live forward without this beautiful child that you wanted to have here beside you. You don't want to leave them behind. You want to stay right here with them. You don't have to leave them behind and you can choose to live forward. So um, I know I'm kind of kind of getting into this answer, maybe uh, with a bit of detail, but it's important to know that you can choose where you go from here and that there are bright possibilities and joy ahead of you. Grief and joy truly do coexist. you if your goal is to get past your grief, as people tell you, you should, you're probably not going to reach that goal. But if your goal is to be happy with your grief, in spite of your grief, that's a very achievable goal. And you can live forward with joy. I love that. And it I don't think it's too detailed at all. I think <laughs> that the comment of you can actually be sad and grieve and move forward in your life yes. is, is critical. Yes, it is. And I, um, you know, I find in some of the forums that grievers have available to themselves and particularly grieving parents are places where people don't always get support in living forward because many people uh, who have parents who have lost a child don't, it's really a matter of recognizing that you have a choice. You didn't have a choice about your child dying. True. But you have a choice what you do from here. You have a choice what you do with the rest of your life. And um, when you're in a group where so many people are saying, my child died 20 years ago, and, and it never gets better. People hear that from other grievers. And that's, you know, I've had people tell me that scared me to death when I heard that. And so you need to know that it's a choice to just gradually put one step in front of the other. There's not a certain time when you have to do it. It's not like, okay, you're sad, get, get better and move forward. But you choose that at some point you can do that. And then you start making choices to improve your existence, your living forward. And that, and that's what I help parents do because it's like, okay, I get it. I can choose to live forward. Now, how do I do that? And sometimes you need help seeing the ways that you probably already are doing that and ways that you can sort of focus forward and get to a better place, a happier place, realize down the road, oh, this, this is okay. I am doing okay. Yeah. What I hear is that it, to a parent, that's also an opportunity to help their child live forward and yes. to have conversations and create traditions 
whatever that looks like that yes. that family chooses to do that will help them move forward for the child as well. Yes. And that's what good grief parenting is about. It's about the life that you give your child and you can only give them the life that you're giving yourself. And one of the, and so optimism is such a key part when my son died and my daughter said that to me, I mean, it's been, my daughter is now 25. It's been 21 years since he died. And I still have my, what I call temper tantrum moments where I will look at her life and a situation in her life. And I will just say, I want her brother here to be here with her, to go through this with her, to support her in this, to be beside her. I just want that for her. But, and I felt that her entire life, but what I had was this big fat lemon that I absolutely didn't want. I didn't want it for me. I didn't want it for her, but I thought, okay, I've got it. What do I do with it? Do I bite into it and it's bitter and it's sour and I throw it against the wall? Or do I say, I'm not going to deal with this lemon and I put it on the counter and I ignore it and it starts to rot and stink? Or do I say, okay, I've got this big fat lemon and I am going to do something good with it. What am I going to do? And I slice it and I add some sugar and I add some water and I stir it up and I add some ice cubes and it's kind of tasty. It's okay. We've got some lemonade. And that's what I've done. You know, that's what I had to do her whole life. And so, yes, it was about me making choices and showing her that I was, I mean, modeling it for her and also telling her, um, because I didn't try to raise her denying that she was what I call a sibling by heart. She, she grew up with no other sibling growing up with her. Was she still a sibling? Yes, she was. She was not an only child. She was a sibling. And I call them siblings by heart. And this was really a tricky identity for her to have. And so we were constantly bumping into situations where we had to stir up a batch of lemonade and, and look at um, her life in a way that gave it um you know, some goodness along the way. And so, yes, we're giving it to our children and then they can grow up and be children who can bring this optimism into the losses in their own life as adults, because they're going to go on and continue to have losses and meet other people who are going to have losses and have families of their own where there are losses. And we want to gift them with this so that, I mean, truly, they can change society because the way we look at grief is, is not healthy and helpful. And bringing optimism and expectation of, of good possibilities anyway is life-changing. Mm, very much yeah. so. Yeah. So you've kind of touched on this already, but I asked this question of everybody that I talked to. One of my big interests is how we as adults or caretakers in a child's life, how do we show up for them? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's critical to be in the space of being present and showing up for our children. So how would you answer that question? Like, what do you think it takes 
for a parent to truly show up for a child? I think it it takes being willing to look in their eyes when they speak to you, to look into their eyes, and then whatever response you get is in give is into their eyes, whether it's I don't know or I'm scared too, or um, I'm still here with you, whatever it is, or I love you, to have that connection with them, even in your place as an adult of feeling like, I don't know on what on earth I'm supposed to do right now. Stay connected with your child. It's okay for them to see your vulnerability because they have vulnerability too. And again, they're learning that mom has vulnerability, but she's not disconnecting from me. So I can feel secure because she's there and then not beating up on yourself, not looking at the things you wish you'd done better, but recognizing that you don't have to be a perfect parent. You can't be a perfect parent, but you can stay connected to your child. The other thing is um, allowing yourself do-overs. You know, there are times when we do things that, you know, we just know we shouldn't, shouldn't quote unquote have done. And so I was very good at, uh, you know, saying to my daughter, I, I'm sorry, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to respond to you that way. Let's start over. I would actually say to her, let's start over and just totally put it aside. So being vulnerable, being honest, staying connected with your child when you feel like you get disconnected, just connect as quickly as you can and tell them we're going to start over that that will, um, that's the parent they need. And you will be a good enough parent by staying connected. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, that, that one recognizing we're not perfect parents and yes. we never will be, um, Absolutely. and they're not perfect children and they're not going to grow up to be perfect adults. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really okay to just be yourself. Right. Is there anything in particular that we haven't really talked about or talked about in as much detail that you want to leave parents with today? I think just uh, tagging on to what I just said, the bottom line is as parents, we have a lot of wisdom and we have a lot of instincts that sometimes other people make us question. And I do think that when you're going through a difficult place with your family, for you to get the resources you need, get the support you need, tell people what you need, and also be able to tell people, thank you for that information. However, I think this is what I need and then trust yourself. I think that's really important. And that's a big part of what I try to equip parents to do in good grief parenting, because a lot of what they get from me, they may realize, oh, I'm doing that. I knew that that makes sense to me. And so trust yourself, you have a lot of inner wisdom. And if you need support, when you're uh, parenting your children through grief, I do hope you'll pick up the good grief guide and have it for when you need it. And also reach out to me to help you with child loss and how to help your family live forward if that's support that can benefit you. Thank you. And, and I appreciate you mentioning the places that people can get a hold of you. 
Um, outside of your website, is there any other place that you'd like to share that people can reach out to you if they need to? Yes, Instagram at Good Grief Parenting. I, you know, one of my clients said, Michelle, you need to be on Instagram. And I really am finding that to be such a good way to connect with people. Um, I do also have a Facebook group. But um, my Instagram, Good Grief Parenting is such a good place place, you can direct message me, you can find a link there that, um, that takes you to a place where you can um, schedule a free call with me. So everything you need to connect with me about is accessible from Instagram at good grief parenting, as well as my website, goodgriefparenting.com. Perfect. Yay. Well, thank you, yeah. Michelle, for being here with us today. I think thank what you, you shared Shari. with us is such an important conversation. And I hope for, for families, for parents that are out there right now that are struggling with some level of grief, um, and especially grief within the family, grief with the loss of a child, that they that they hear this and that they're listening for the little nuggets that they could take home and, and implement in their own families. So yes, yes. really appreciate mm -hmm. your time and for all the good work you're doing out there in the world. Thank you, Shelly. I, I appreciate being able to, to talk with you and your audience. Thank you. So before we go, I do just want to thank our sponsors. We're so fortunate at the Parent Engagement Network to have some people that have stuck by us through the years. We have Premier Members Credit Union, Sartell Bliss and Coldwell Bankers, the Hope Coalition of Boulder County, and Zia Consulting, which is a software company. Please check out what's going on this year with the Parent Engagement Network. You can do that just by going to our website, which is www.penbv.org. And if today's conversation inspired you, please share our podcast with others. Uh, please check out the other work we're doing. And if you would like to donate or you're inspired to be a sponsor, there are opportunities on our website to do that as well. So I hope that today's conversation has certainly added to your parenting well, and that the information and the insights that have been shared here today will help you in your journey of raising happy, healthy kids. So it was a pleasure to have you. And until next time, happy parenting. <laughs>